Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. If you are expecting or hoping to grow your family or already postpartum in the thick of it, I am so glad that you landed on this episode to listen to. I invited a real couple, Mallory and Strons Wolfgram, onto the podcast to talk about preparing for postpartum. Mallory is pregnant. She's also a therapist, but she's not showing up in this episode in her role as a therapist, although of course she has lots of incredible wisdom and knowledge as it relates to couples, but she's coming in and she's showing up with vulnerability to share about some of the concerns, anxieties, and worries that she has about birth and postpartum. And her partner is joining us. Strons in this episode shares some of his own feelings of helplessness and some of his worries and concerns as well. If you have ever wondered what it would be like to be a fly on the wall as I talked to a friend or a couple that I knew that was preparing for postpartum with everything that I know and supported them in taking steps to prepare themselves for postpartum while you are in for a treat because that's exactly what we do in this episode. I know from both personal experience and professional experience as someone who has held a lot of space for couples that are preparing for postpartum, just how relatable the things that Mallory and Strons share as being fears or worries or experiences are for so many other couples. And since this is not a therapy session that you're listening to, just a conversation between friends, if you wait till the very end, you get to the very end, I do pop back in and offer to you, the listeners, some tangible tips and tools and supportive steps that you can be taking based off of our conversation um, that you can be taking as you are preparing for postpartum yourself. All right. I can't wait for you to listen to this one. Let's get to it. listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, mom to three, and I support mamas just like you who want a supported, loving, and rested postpartum so that you can flourish in that first year with baby. In this podcast, I'm sharing my conversations with perinatal experts from around the world and with parents who've been through it. While I hope that this podcast is supportive to you, it is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed health provider. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, Mallory and Strons, the Wolfgrams. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I'm really excited to get a chance to chat with you both off of social media and get a real chance to connect today. Thanks for coming on. Thanks so much for having us, Cassidy. We're so excited. Okay, so for the listeners, in case they haven't had the chance to connect with both of you before, can you share a little bit about your background and about the two of you? Yeah. Should I start us off? Go ahead. (laughs) So um, I'm Mallory. We're married. Strong's husband. (laughs) Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and Strong's is not. But he joins with me, um, and we help happy couples argue better and connect more. 
Um, and so we were newlyweds when I started my graduate program in marriage and family therapy. And we kind of talk about it like it was our relationship marriage boot camp because we had no clue how to do conflict. We would get into lots of arguments in those early days and like didn't know how to get through to each other. And um, really think it was a big blessing that I was learning all this stuff and I'd bring it home and we'd like put it to work mm-hmm. in our relationship. Um, and also once I realized I started wanting to specialize in couples therapy, I was like, we should probably go to couples therapy. <laughs> and so we tried that out and it was a great resource. And so we really want to like spread the word that couples therapy can be for happy couples too. Yes. And that there's answers to figure out how to like connect through conflict. Mm-hmm. I love I love that mission of yours and it's so clear that that is your mission and your goal and the bridge that you're trying to build on at least on the platforms that I follow you on on social media. Yeah. Um, I love how the two of you both show up um, to normalize couple therapy. Um, I love that you guys are a real couple that talk about <laughs> these things. I love that Strons is not a therapist. My, my partner, my husband always says, he's like, I feel like I should have an honorary like master's. Yeah. <laughs> at least a master's no, degree in yeah. marriage and family therapy being married to you. Absolutely. <laughs> they should. They should. Yeah. My um, my husband and I, we've been dating since high school. And so when we fight, like we get – when we argue, we get super immature, super fast. Like we just kind of revert back to those like early days. Yeah. And um, when I decided I wanted to become a – a marriage and family therapist. Um, and I was doing the same thing that you were doing, Mallory, bringing home what I was learning. And I was like, oh gosh, we need to (laughs) unpack some of these, this old stuff. We need to rework some of the ways that we're arguing. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, we, we also got married, um, when I was in graduate school and then got pregnant. And, you know, so we were a very, very much a happy couple and newlyweds, but we had things that we still needed to work on. And so I love the fact that you guys are normalizing the fact that couple therapy is not just for couples that are on the brink of divorce. Like mm-hmm. couple therapy is absolutely for happy couples too mm-hmm. that want to argue better, more effectively, that want to find ways to connect in the midst of life, right? And adulting, which is just hard. It is hard to share a life with someone when it comes to bills, money, and raising children, and stressors of jobs, and family dynamics. Like, it's just really hard to do that, right? On Even on good days. And so I love that you guys normalize that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been fun because we kind of started it we just like threw some posts out there and we're like, we're happy. We argue, we go to couples therapy, like anyone else. And it's been really fun to connect with people on there who are like us too. And I think, um, the more we talk about a normalized conflict and like getting support in our relationships, um, the healthier they can be. Yeah. Oh, well, I love that. I love your mission. It's so needed. So important. So the two of you are navigating a new transition in your relationship, a new family life cycle stage. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So Mallory and I are expecting our first child. Um, end of June. End of June. Mallory just entered her third trimester. And it has been um, 
a wild ride, to say the least. <laughs> Challenging. Challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally, physically, mentally, uh, in every aspect, it's been um, it's been new. It's been a new challenge overall. Yeah. Looking yeah. Storm, can you actually like, share with us a little bit from your perspective, from the partner perspective, what has, how has the pregnancy, how, what have been some of those challenges that you've, that you've named? Yeah. Like um, in terms of just like emotional challenges, not only for like myself, but also for Ma- Mallory and seeing how I can be there to primarily support her in this new journey that we've embarked on together um has um it's i wouldn't say it's been super challenging i think it's been i think it's been fun overall for 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 me to kind of figure out how i can help mallory um mallory might say differently about like it's 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 probably been much more challenging for you (laughs) especially but i think for me as a partner and the role that i'm serving as a supporter um has been um, I think it, 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 it has been challenging in saying that um, there are times that I feel helpless where like mm-hmm. the the actions that I do or the words that I say cannot change the situation that Mallory yeah. is in. And that kind of frustrates yeah. me from like a supporter role. Yeah. And uh, but but I've just like slowly learned over the the, the time of this pregnancy that I, uh, you know, I can't be the fixer, you know, this is a problem that we, that, that, that I can't fix, but rather it's, it's more, uh, beneficial and helpful to Mallory if I'm just there to talk to her about how she's feeling emotionally, mm-hmm. um, and, as, physically. and physically, um, especially with Mal working while being pregnant has been challenging for, for her because, you know, she's just, really tired at the end of the day and i'm just like hey let's let's talk let me know how you're how you're feeling mm-hmm. and i'm just oh gonna kind of be a soundboard it can be so hard though right to resist the desire to just jump in and try to problem solve or fix mm-hmm. the situation yeah. um yeah and that feeling of helplessness i mean that is an experience that i have heard from so many partners. Um, and sometimes they, it's, it takes time to get there, right? Cause like first it maybe shows up is like frustration or feeling, um, you know, like, oh, gosh, like I'm, I'm annoyed that like my partner is always pissed at me or I feel <laughs> sad or I feel, um, there's so many other feelings that can show up. Mm-hmm. And then when we kind of unpack it a little bit or go a little bit deeper there, well, oftentimes land upon is that feeling of helplessness. And and you're talking about it in the context of a pregnancy because that is what you guys have experienced so far, which um, makes so much sense because there are so many things that you, both of you, can't control, right? Um, and it's going to, this is a, a feeling that can definitely show up in other, other parts of this whole journey. So birth, um, well, first, just going into labor and then laboring itself and then the birth itself and then and then postpartum, right? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, if Mallory chooses to, to navigate um, nursing or breastfeeding or becoming a food source and gosh, and then just the baby's schedule and being on someone else's schedule <laughs> and demand and those, those sort of demands, 
the feeling of helplessness can be a huge one that shows up. And so mm-hmm. I, I really, really can appreciate that you're naming that like right off the bat here. Um, yeah. And, and, and Mallory, so for you, what has that experience been like in these moments where um, maybe Strons is navigating like wanting to help and jump in, but also mm-hmm. kind of now at, at recognizing, acknowledging the importance of just holding space for whatever it is that you're feeling and that there are elements here that are just out of your control, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think Strauss has been training for this for our years of marriage because that's something that I think has shown up in outside of pregnancy as well, that kind of desire to fix things. And he's really worked on just kind of like sitting and holding space for what I'm going through in any given moment. And so it took some trial and error, but it's been like, like I remember the day we found out we were pregnant, he like Googled, how does a spouse support a pregnant wife, which was super sweet. And one of the things was like, don't think, don't take things personally and just kind of like be there for them. And really like, as I look back on the last six months of being pregnant, um, I think a strength we've had as a couple is I've been willing to go to him and like share how I'm struggling. And then like he's saying, he, when he is able to just kind of listen and be there and support it just feels really connecting and and then sometimes if he gets frustrated or kind of is like struggling with that wanting to make it better I can kind of just remind him you can't make this better I just need a hug I just need you to bring me a snack you know like I kind of um we know each other well enough that I can kind of remind him of those pieces and and so there's been little moments but it's been like I really feel like he's been able to be as much part of my experience as he could be, which is really meaningful. Yeah. So there's like two things that you pointed that you named here that I think are really helpful and important, like that both of you in these moments, right, that these moments that could potentially lead to feeling disconnected from each other, that you both have agency. There's there's so much we can't control, right? But like there are certain things that you guys have agency around when it comes to um, navigating this with each other that I think are important that you named here. And one is that um, you are able to say, hey, this is what I need right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, of course, it'd be so nice if people around us could just like freaking read our minds <laughs> like what it is that we That'd need. Right. And sometimes I don't even know what I need, right? So sometimes yeah. like I have to slow down and, okay, what is it that I'm actually looking for here? Like, am I looking for my partner or even if it's like a friend or family member, right? Am I looking for them to help me like resolve this issue or come up with a solution? Am I, do I just need someone to listen to me? Mm-hmm. Do I need to feel heard? Do I need a hug? Do I need a snack? Do I need a break? <laughs> like what is it that I actually need and being able to uh, uh, communicate that, right? Like just straight up say it. Like what I really, I want to talk to you about something or even like in the middle of it, if you kind of get lost and off track. Like, I think what I really need right now is like literally just to be held or like just mm-hmm. be heard. Or I think I need, I think I really need a break. Like, can we plan that? Or I think I just need, or I'm looking for a solution here. So you being able to name that, but then Strons, what I was hearing from you also was like taking agency in terms of acknowledging what it is that you're actually experiencing and then being curious about what it is that your partner needs and being proactive and trying to, for you, it was, you know, going to Google, which gosh, Google can (laughs) do a dumpster 
amplifier, but Google can also be um, helpful, at least a starting off point, right? Um, just being proactive in that. And then also asking, hey, what is it that you need here? You know, like I want to be, I want to be supportive and and what 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 could that look like right now? So you both have agency in what can turn into a cycle, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so important. Okay. So let's talk about some of the, what are some of the conversations that the two of you are having now as you prepare for, for baby and for postpartum? Yes. Great question. <laughs> and like we've talked to you before, we are very much aware. We have no idea what we're getting into, like <laughs> no clue. And so we're not pretending we're experts by any means. No. Um, and yeah. that was like, that was a whole like goal. For, like that was a whole purpose for this is I was like, <laughs> Mallory Strands, I don't want you guys to come on this episode and feel like you're supposed to, I want you guys to come on. Like, yes, you're a therapist, Mallory. And like Strands, you're an honorary therapist. <laughs> um, just from the, being, the work that you and Mallory do together. But you, you do not, you get to just show up as like a couple. Like I don't, I do not need you guys to have the perfect conversations prepared. I want you guys to to honestly, truly just share, like, what are you guys talking about? What are you worried about? And Mm -hmm. let me support you guys here. (laughs) Wonderful. We're so excited to be supported um, and learn from you. I think we're like, it's been really nice. We're both working from home right now, still with the whole COVID situation. And so we have all these little opportunities to connect throughout the day. And it's just created all these like small conversations around like, what do you think baby boy is going to be like? Or mm-hmm. like, I'm feeling super anxious. Like I had a nightmare about delivery and it was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's talk about that. Or um, like I just put in like a load of newborn clothes in the laundry and we're like, this is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's been fun to have these little check-in moments. And so kind of in the last month or so, we've been starting to do some logistics of like, what do we actually need? And what do, what can we leave on the registry? What are we going to get ourselves and like kind of plan in that way. Um, but I think throughout, we're just like talking about what we're excited for and what we're terrified about yeah. and what we have an idea of what's coming and how we have no idea what's coming. Yeah. Um, like just really open dialogue, I guess, would be the short answer. What are some of those, like, what are some of those things that when either of you, and it might be different things, think about in terms of postpartum, in terms of what you are anticipating could be challenges or have heard from others in terms of the stories of things that could be difficult or challenging, what are, um, Because, gosh, as much as I would love to spend so much time talking about all the things that are just going to be so incredibly amazing in those moments, like, gosh, those are going to be there. And the thing is, is like, we don't necessarily have to prepare for those because they're going to (laughs) happen. And what I want is to support the two of you in preparing for the challenging things so that when those, like, really incredibly like connecting moments between the two of you and between the bonding moments between you and your baby and like the smell of their head and those first Mm -hmm. smiles and like the way that their little like arms and little soft furry backs are going to feel like all of that like really 
just oh my I think about it and I, I'm like I'm breastfeeding so I like literally start lactating like I just like <laughs> all the like good oxytocin feelings like those moments are totally possible and most likely are going to happen but if we if we don't prepare for the challenging things then gosh sometimes we can we can feel like we we miss those moments right or it's the stress and the sleep deprivation and I want to I want to support you guys in preparing for the challenging stuff. Not to yeah. say not to bypass or say that that the beautiful joyful moments are aren't going to happen like absolutely, but we don't often have to prepare for those, right? We want to prepare for the challenging things. And so I'm curious to hear from both of you, what are some of the things that you are anticipating might be pain points or challenging or or things that you find yourself feeling anxious about when it comes to preparation or or considering the things that could potentially happen postpartum? Yeah, I'll go first. And then I think you have some overlap, but I'm definitely the more anxious one mm-hmm. about all of these things. Um, so just crossing into the third trimester, my anxiety about the birth labor and delivery experience, like totally spiked, just the unknown all about it. Um, I, I love to be in control and like have a plan and all those things. And there's not a lot of that with that. So that's definitely spiked. And then the other, I think two big ones are, um, breastfeeding, which I'm planning to try and how we incorporate also formula feeding, if at all, I don't know. And then just the sleep deprivation piece. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah what about you Strans? yeah for me probably one of my like biggest fears or or pain points postpartum will probably be around am i doing too much or am i not doing enough for for our child mm. um especially like in the first few weeks to months of their development um and you've talked about the the breastfeeding, formula feeding stress of like, if I'm solely breastfeeding, you're going to get back to that helpless place of like, yeah, how do I help out? Right. Yeah. 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 And you know what? At the end of the day, like what I think all of that kind of comes down to, like if, if I was really to take the time to like take each of those fears and do the, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy intervention of like <laughs> taking it down to mm-hmm. what's the core fear here. Um, and we could do that. But what, what I imagine, what I imagine it'll get to a place to is like what I want is to be a good dad, a good mom. I want to be a good parent. And like, what the what the fear can be is, you know, I think a lot of times it can, it can come to a place of like not not being a good parent. I'm afraid that at the end of the day, like I'm just not going to be a good enough dad or a good mom. Um, something bad will happen to the baby, right? A lot of times those fears can come to a place of like safety too, right? Mm-hmm. I think that around birth, I know, I know that for me when I was with my first when I was preparing for birth. What my sort of core fear was, was that I was going to, I really wanted to be a good mom and it felt like my first real job as a mom. I wanted to do everything possible that would keep me and my baby safe, um, but that would just give my baby like the best start to life. Mm -hmm. And I had a pretty 
um, rigid idea of what that looked like with my first. Um, it was a not unmedicated vaginal birth with that golden hour where the baby, I get skin to skin right away and they don't cut the cord right away and we're just skin to skin and we, we breastfeed and and then my partner's right there and we're like just have this beautiful golden moment mm-hmm. um, and that's not what happened. And I think that my when I feel anxious, what I seek out is control mm-hmm. um, and, and sometimes it looks like perfectionism. It can get kind of rigid. Um, is that how it shows up for you, Mallory? Or does is anxiety, when anxiety pops up or pops in the driver's seat, does it show up differently for you? How does anxiety show up? What, is, what does anxiety kind of drive you to want to do or seek out? Yeah, that's a good question. Definitely the control piece. And I, I consider myself like a perfectionist in recovery. So def- definitely <laughs> perfectionism will pop up. And I think what I've noticed, though, when I feel anxious about the birth experience it's less that and it's more just like this like flight feeling of like I just don't want to do that (laughs) like let's not do that (laughs) which obviously isn't an option um but it's just like it's so scary I almost don't know how to wrap my mind around Mm. it and it's like uh almost like pulling away like numbing from that fear Strawn's like right now as you're hearing Mallory share about those like flight feelings and how her fear gets to that point of just being like, nope, I just, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. What comes up for you, Strons, as you hear her, as you hear her talk about that, like for you, right? Like where does it kind of show up in your body and what kind of thoughts come up for you? For me, like immediately, I'm just like, great, you're feeling this way. Let's find solutions for it. Like, (laughs) let's see what we can do to like make you not feel like you're in this like flight mode of, of birth. And, but then like, I have to like, cognitively like suppress those and like and wants me to ask more questions and just I just want to ask how Mallory is is feeling and why she's having these sort of feelings and emotions you know what's I what's so interesting there is that like there's so there's the part of you that wants to come in and like fix it right that sees someone that you love and you really care about like in that fight or flight space and and then in flight right and wants to come in and protect her from that right and like find yeah. a solution from that and i heard you say like and then what you have to like consciously like suppress that um, but what you actually did and what you're doing right now is instead of suppressing you're actually expressing it right in a way that's like honoring the fact that 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 that's there for you too. And I'm curious Mallory when you hear him actually express that 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 part of him exists and that, that he's conscious that he wants to suppress it in order to show up in a better way for you. How does how does that feel, right? Cuz he's actually he's not suppressing it right now, he's expressing it. Like yeah. what is what does that feel like when he actually shares that that part of him is there too? Yeah, I like that you pointed that out. Like after he said all that, I like squeezed his arm because it's like it made me feel like he cares, you know, like he cares so much that he wants to fix it. But he also knows me well enough to know that won't be helpful. And so instead, he just wants to hear more. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel like very loved and seen. Because you know what I think can happen sometimes in Strons, this is specifically to you, is that I think that sometimes 
the pendulum swings, right? I think that there was a period of time where like there was um, the expectation on partners, specifically if we're going to talk um, uh, heterosexual partners, specifically Mm -hmm. for men, to be the protectors, to be the providers. Um, And I think that that sort of socialization, right, can definitely be part of that voice that comes in and says like, find a solution, right? Um, And now there's also um, the, the, the sort of hope and desire and um, and space now for partners to come in and show up and 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 be supportive in 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 other ways in ways that are that are hol- holistically supportive right that they can they can be providers and they can be protectors but they can also be emotionally invested and involved and that there can be equality in the in the relationship and um and in a way where there there's both partners can show for each other emotionally, right? And there can be vulnerability on both ends. Um, but I think that sometimes with that can also come this sort of like, I don't know, I think the suppression, right? I think that the way that patriarchy works sometimes is it can actually suppress both partners, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that my partner, what he experienced was he was actually struggling postpartum. He actually, we didn't know it at the time. We didn't have a word for it or name for it, but he was experiencing postpartum depression and nobody was asking him how he was doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Fortunately, I was being assessed and people were asking me how I was doing. Um, And part of my struggle was that my partner was struggling and like nobody was asking him or or jumping in to find ways to support him. Um, And so I love Strands that you were able to name that the, there was a part of you that showed up and a part of you that also wanted to suppress that to show up for her, um, but that instead you expressed it. Because I think what's going to be super protective for the both of you is if you're able to, in in these spaces that can be really difficult, um, bring these parts of you out of the shadows and into the light for both of you, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think that what can happen, the fear is, well, gosh, if we're, if like, if the shadowy parts of both of us come out, like, yeah. then what do we do? Like, one of us needs to be strong, right? But what I think can actually happen in that space is you can feel, you can feel seen, both feel seen. And what what we don't want is that sort of like shame spiral, like there's something wrong with me, there's something wrong with us that keeps you both silenced. I think if we can take whatever it is that's in the shadows for either of you, whatever the fear is or the struggle is or the pain is, if 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 both of you are able to bring that into the light and name it, you're in such a better position to then find ways to get support. Even if that means that both of you need support, like, okay, we, we need someone, we need a third party to come in here and support us because we both feel like we're struggling. Um, but at least, at least neither of you are feeling like you have to stay silent or or suppress that that pain or that challenge or that fear, whatever it, it is. We want to bring it into the light. And I, I love that you were able to name and express that part of you. Um, does that make sense, or does does any of that resonate? Yeah, I really like how you um, kind of put a name to it, and, and and how I'm feeling in terms of like like I. I I, I I looked at it as like, I want to solve this problem, but it's more of like me in this specific context, wanting to protect Mallory from having to go through yeah. um, 
you know, that, 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 that fear or that anxiety experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I, I love that image of taking, like going into the shadows and bringing things out into the light where they don't shame spiral. And I think, yeah, I think we've worked on that throughout our marriage and it does make such a difference, but I think going into labor, you know, delivery and then postpartum recognizing we're going to be sleep deprived or we're going to be stressed. We're going to be overwhelmed in so many ways. I really like that. It's kind of like a focus to have mm-hmm. of there's going to be so many new things popping up and how mm-hmm. can we just like meet each other there or get support, like you said, when we need it. Yeah. Yeah. Mallory, when it comes to birth specifically, like, are there, are there some, like, if if we're going to use this sort of idea of bringing things out of the shadows, like, Mm -hmm. are there certain specific fears that come up? You said that you had a nightmare. um, Mm -hmm. And gosh, sometimes nightmares can be traumatizing on their own because it, it feels, it's your brain's way, right? Of saying like, okay, well, there's actually something we're really freaked out about here, or there's some past trauma stuff here and we got to work it out, you know? So our brain has a way of doing that during REM sleep <laughs> sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some, and sometimes in ways that feels so real. Um, and then we wake up and it's like, okay, gosh, well now I've actually like, my brain has actually like put me in that position and that can sometimes yeah. be, um, even scarier, right? It can kind of make it feel lifelike. Um, and so, yeah, are there some are there some specific fears that you you feel like are lurking there in the shadows for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that comes up when you ask that is just the unknown piece. Um, mm-hmm. I've never liked the unknown <laughs> or change, which you know is every single day in pregnancy. (laughs) Um, and, and so even though I can like read about it and talk to other people, there's still so much that you don't know how your experience is going to be. Um, and that's kind of like parts of what I was feeling in that nightmare was just like very out of control and like things weren't going as planned. And, um, it was just like very chaotic and scary in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, the unknown and kind of just out of control of my body. It's going to do what it's going to do and like wanting to trust my body in that way. Mm-hmm. But it's so new. I don't know that I really have very strong trust with this mm-hmm. process. Yeah. Well, at that, gosh, I just want to normalize that because it, I, the idea of your body is meant to do this, built to do this. Your body is wise. You can trust your body. Um, I love those ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when your body hasn't experienced something yet, um, that can be difficult to kind of find. And I know that for me, um, when things didn't go as planned, when I ended up having a belly birth when they were wheeling me away to that and then experiencing it. And then after the fact, I think that I had held on so rigidly to like my body is made to birth this baby um, that it felt then broken after when I, when I had to, what felt like in the moment, like succumb to just having someone else do it for me. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, and even just like saying that, like I want to go back and like 
hug myself um, mm-hmm. for for feeling those things in that moment. I think that a way to like gently like to gently honor the fact that my body is about to go through something it's never been through before. Um, is to one, honor that, right? What you're saying, like, I haven't experienced this before. So of course there's going to be certain points here where I just, I'm not sure, like, to, if I can just fully hand over trust to my body, if my body hasn't done this yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that what becomes supportive in that context um, sometimes is is really feeling um that you can be an advocate for yourself, but also trust and feel safe with the supports that are, that you have around you. And sometimes, and that can also be looking at your provider because like you're my provider, or if say I have a doula or a midwife, um, whoever is supporting me, like they have been through this many, many times before. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yes, you're going to be doing it in your body. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hope is that you aren't going through that alone, that you are being held through this in one way, shape, or form by, by, um, and Strons, you haven't been through this either, you know? And so that, that the hope is that there's also people that are supporting both of you as you as a couple, um, walk through this birth with mm-hmm. each other. Um, do, how, how do you feel in terms of the, the team around you and, and the providers you have around you? It's a good question. Um, okay, <laughs> I guess would be yeah. the answer. And like, I, unfortunately, my primary like doctor that I was planning to work with has had some like health things. And so I haven't even seen her throughout this whole pregnancy. Mm. And so that's been kind of tough to just be kind of bouncing back and forth. Um, yeah. Just recently, I was thinking about like looking into because um, I want to have my birth in a hospital but if there's like an option to have like a midwife or a doula join in that um and so I need to look more into that and you bringing it up in that way makes me want to really look more into that um another thing too though like as you were talking with that kind of trust trusting my body and how I recognize that I don't have that full trust Um, but working on thinking through that myself, but also kind of talking with Strons about like, that's a big way you can support me through that is reminding me like, you've got this, your body knows how to do this, like sending me those messages throughout the experience, Mm -hmm. because he's going to be a very big source of support during that experience. And I think that messaging from him would be very meaningful as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that you're that you guys are able to have that you're sharing that with him now, right? Like that you guys are mm-hmm. talking about this now. And and you know what I would what I would add on to that. And this is and again, obviously this is not therapy. So I'm talking to you guys both with the context of being a therapist and also specializing right. in these things, but also as a friend, um, mm-hmm. which and because I'm not your therapist, and so <laughs> just so anyone who's listening, like this isn't necessarily what therapy would look like, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm talking to you guys as a host of this podcast, but also as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that I think that I would have, gosh, like I've done a lot of work in processing my first birth and what I would have, if I could like go back in time and like walk into that room with me in those moments where I was trying to push and um, I would walk up to myself and I think I would like I would hold my hand and I would like whisper in my ear, like part of trusting, part of, part of this, like 
knowing your body and trusting your body and your body knows what to do is that right now your body is also sending you some really important signals that there are other options here to safely get this baby Mm -hmm. into your arms and that you can also trust those signals. And I think that part like I, I think I had this idea that like my body knows what to do. My body know like this is what I was built to do as a woman, right? To give birth to this baby. And I had this one idea of that of like trust your body, trust that your body can do this. You trust that your body can push this baby out. But what I what I what I was losing was that I could also listen to and trust that my body was sending me signals that there's another way and that mm-hmm. there is somebody here, my provider, whom I I I did trust. There was also a uh, someone, a doula in the room whom um, I had hired because she also shared my very rigid views of certain things. And so that was not as supportive. But my body was telling me that I couldn't push anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and so I share this to both you and to Strons because I, like, I love that you just shared that like one thing that he can do in that moment is to is to remind you of that message. And I think Strons, another thing that you can also offer is that like you, that her body is, her body is wise, but her body can, what, what, what is your body telling you that you need right now? And like, we can trust that and we can listen to that. And I want, I want to hear what that is, whatever that is, even if that goes off course of what either of you thought or hoped for. Right. And like, and, and then if that does happen, gosh, there is so, there is so much room and honoring to to hold space for what you hoped for and what did not ha- what did not happen based off those hopes right like there we sometimes we grieve that and I mm-hmm. I know that right now you guys aren't in that space and so I'm like jumping to this space of like something went different you know and that might not mm-hmm. happen but I think that I think that just knowing that when it comes to trusting your body and that messaging, you can also listen to your body if your body is saying, "Hey, I don't think that what what we're that what we're doing right here is is working," or I think that my I need rest. I think that I need I need I need to ask what my options are, and I want to know. Um, you know, I want to tell my provider that I'm scared. Gosh, mm-hmm. if you tell your provider I'm feeling scared and I want to know what my options are. That like that touches the human part of that person who's yes done this a million times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just like this is just a Tuesday for them. Like they're just they're just doing their job, but that will touch on this human part for them, um, and that will be a signal also to Strons to you that like that this is that that part of you is showing up here, right? And and what that part of you needs is to feel held and to feel heard. And to know what the options are in front of you. Um, So yeah, I think sometimes that messaging of like, my body is wise, I was built to do this. Sometimes it forgets the fact that like, yeah, but your body may also be sending you signals um, that go off course of what you thought this would look like. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Very much. And it's like, I'm feeling like peace with that thought because it's almost like, I, I haven't had, because I've been blessed with good health most of my life, I haven't had to do a lot of like hard physical, you know, experiences yeah. like this with my body, but I have had a lot of practice learning to be in touch with the messages my body is sending me mm. and learning to kind of trust that gut and intuition and like that emotional part of me. 
And so the way you just described it really linked those of, yes, this is going to be a very physical experience, but it's still going to be me and my emotions and my kind Mm. of intuition and being in touch with all those other parts of me that I feel more confident with. Right. Right. Parts of you that you've been building a relationship with your whole life, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. And for anyone, for those who are, for those listeners, right? Obviously, um, I'm I'm really focusing in here on 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 the words that you guys are sharing and your experiences. But for the listeners who are maybe preparing for birth or postpartum, um, I think that these like taking time to really. Look at the different parts of us that show up, or the different um, words that pop up when we think about birth or postpartum, or the fears that pop up. This can this is so nuanced and personal. Like sometimes these parts of us are linked to, gosh, like really like a lot of old stuff, right? Like old yeah. experiences or past traumas, um, and and doing something as physical as birth, right? Or or preparing to be in that space with our partner and, and knowing that we it's not happening to us, but it's happening to someone that we really care about um, and to see somebody we care about in pain, sometimes that can bring up old stuff. And I think that um, doing the work of finding support or a space where you can put these things, again, take these things out of the shadows and bring them into the light and taking a look at these things and whether that's couples therapy or talking about it with each other or talking about it with a trusted person in your life that can really truly hold space for you um, in a really vulnerable moment is is so protective and so proactive, right? I think that so often what we spend so much time on is um, the things that we can feel like we can control and we can check off, you know, it's like the perfect registry, like mm-hmm. um, buying the perfect stroller and the perfect breast pump and like knowing, um, getting CPR certified and knowing, um, you know, how to burp a baby and swaddle a baby. And gosh, like, yeah, like a lot of these things can be really important things to to do but also like slowing down, which gosh, oh, that can be scary, right? Slowing down to just let ourselves sit with the feelings that are coming up when we think about birth or we think about, okay, now birth is over. I've been handed this new little human and ah, now what? You know, all the other things to let ourselves feel what comes up. Like, what are the things that come out of the, like, that come into the light, you know, (laughs) out of the dark woods? What are those things that come up? And um, and then being able to look at that and turn towards these parts of ourselves and then see what, what story or what fear, or what experiences did these parts have to share. And that work, that work is really important. It's some of the most important pre- preparation work that I think that we can do. Mm-hmm. All right. So birth, (laughs) what about, what about postpartum for, for either of you? You you guys mentioned, um, breastfeeding, um, you mentioned sleep deprivation. Um, let's, let's start with sleep deprivation. Like what, what what do, what do either of you know about being sleep deprived? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I could like go back to like my college days where like, you know, you were cramming for a final exam over the like 24 to 48 hours and you're just like running on, you know, McDonald's fire energy. 
<laughs> like that's like my frame of reference when it comes to sleep deprivation. But yeah. I'm, this is I'm more than 24 this is, hours. This is, yeah. Oh, I so. know because then it's like because it, I I mean I was like I can do this. I've like pulled all nighters before. Like right. I then yeah. but then but then you can just crash. Like you can just like right. oh my gosh I'm, I would just like eat a breakfast burrito and then like crash (laughs) (laughs) oh but yeah this in this case like it's there's a little alarm clock that's like you 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 you, like are on this like little little humans schedule right Mm -hmm. um and they have to eat every like two two and a half hours and (laughs) but but i will say this like sleep is so important. Like it is, I mean, when I'm working with a client and and maybe, you know, as a therapist, Mallory, like if you're working with someone who's struggling with depression or anxiety, like we are often, whether they are postpartum or not, like we're going to ask about sleep because Mm -hmm. we know that if we are not getting restorative sleep, like finding, having a chunk of time in the night where you're actually getting some deep sleep, like if our brain doesn't get that, it makes everything harder. I mean, people can actually feel like it can actually lead to psychosis, right? Like we actually truly need deep restorative sleep. Um, And so since we need that, like how, how are we going to get it? Right. If like, and it's so funny because I I saw someone made like a TikTok recently and it like, it was somebody like had a baby and they're leaving the hospital. And it was like, (laughs) it like kind of spoke to how like crazy, how crazy it feels. It's like Mm -hmm. the the nurse was saying to this person, like in this funny TikTok um, where they were making fun of it. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, make sure that you feed on demand, but make sure that you sleep when the baby sleeps and you're getting rest um, because you need to get sleep. Sleep is really important for you. Um, But also you have to constantly, you have to uh, feed on demand. And so that you are um, making sure that your supply is staying up and you don't want to get a plug duct. So um, you want to pump, but don't pump too much. If you pump too much, then you might produce too much and you might get mastitis. That's a breast. It was just like, it's like, wait, so what am I actually <laughs> supposed to do yeah. here? And you're going to – I get to just leave the hospital now with this little baby that you've been checking every hour? Like mm-hmm. who's going to keep checking on these things? Like, oh, my gosh. Um, so what I want to say, <laughs> like, yeah, sleep is important. I think that um, the messaging that we get as new parents and, like, you will get it everywhere you go, Mallory, like – breast is best. And like, um, this is a, this is a breastfeeding friendly hospital. Um, and like breast milk is incredible. And, and what your baby also needs is a parent, parents who are taking care of their mental health, who are getting rest, who are getting sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. and so what I'll oftentimes talk to couples about is what's, what can be your guys' plan for getting restorative rest for both of you? Um, and because you haven't done it before, like I'll just share some like ideas. (laughs) Well, one, I have a podcast episode, um, who by the time this will have gone live, that this one will have also gone live. And it's with Robin Kaplan. She was my lactation consultant and it's all about, um, finding ways to get sleep when you're also navigating um, 
uh, nursing or breastfeeding. So tune into that one for sure, where we just dive in super deep to just that topic. But I think for the both of you to have conversations ahead of time of like, okay, what are, what are the resources available to us? Like if, if we have no family around, meaning like nobody that can come and help us do the nighttime stuff, nighttime parenting with a newborn, um, is if it's just going to be the two of us, like first we need to figure that out. Like, are there going to be people who can come in and help us at night um, that we really feel like could help us at night in terms of like, okay, if Mallory, you in the beginning, you're just trying to navigate like establishing that breastfeeding relationship with your baby, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out okay, is there someone that could actually come in at night so that Strons can get sleep and so that you can get sleep, meaning that like the baby wakes up, that person gets the baby, brings the baby to you while you breastfeed, um, but is right there with you so that you're not worried about kind of like having your eyes kind of closed or kind of sideline feeding on bed and the, the person's right there making sure that, you know, you and the baby are safe. And then handing the baby straight back to that person so that they can do the re-swaddling, the changing diaper if there's a blowout, that they can get help get that baby back to sleep um, so that mm-hmm. you can just go straight back to getting sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, getting to a time where, you know, if you are pumping and maybe there's bottles being offered, that you are able to get a chunk of time, like, gosh, like four hours, four and a half, five hours, which it may not seem like a lot to you now, but will seem like will be a nice chunk of time then um, where you have earplugs in, like eye mask on, like you're maybe in a different room and you're just getting that restorative sleep while somebody else is is on, right? And so if the baby gets up, they're the one that wakes up with the baby. Um, and the reason we tune out your senses like that, or I, I mentioned that, is because your senses are going to be so on alert. And that's totally protective, right? From like a evolutionary perspective that makes so much sense that you would be tuning into any little sound, even when every little grunt, even if your baby isn't waking up. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, those little grunts could keep you from getting sleep. And so I think the first question is kind of like, what are the resources? Like, do you have people that can come in and help you, um, whether it's family or a nighttime, a nighttime doula? Um, sometimes people hire someone like that to come in and help, um, or will it just be the two of you? Yeah. So my parents are a six hour drive away and so not going to be a regular help, but are planning to spend a good amount of the summer up here visiting and helping out. Um, and so I liked that example of like something my mom could like literally do because I haven't even thought in that much detail of I'm like I think I want you here like the first week yeah. but like I don't know what you'll do <laughs> exactly yeah. um, and so I like that example of helping to just get a bigger chunk of rest even if they're still breastfeeding within that but that she can do those other steps that was a really helpful thought yeah and I think that like the two of you together beforehand um identify like who like so taking kind of stock of like all the supports in your life right like family friends people that are close people that are not close but are still supports like really taking stock of who those people are and the different roles that you think each of those could uniquely have right and sometimes there's roles that we wish like 
you know, maybe somebody who really wishes that their mother or their father could show up in a certain way. But when they really look at that relationship and the history of that relationship, they're not sure that person can really show up in the way that they are going to actually need. And so what we do when we take stock is that the people who are kind of waiting in the wings, who really could show up in a certain way, right? Um, postpartum, whether that's um, somebody who you know could show up and and actually get just get the things done that you need to get done, like do, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, um, so that you can just focus on baby or taking the baby so that you could get some rest, right? Mm-hmm. Who People that you feel comfortable with having over to spend the night, right? To actually help you during the nighttime parenting stuff. Um, or sometimes there's just those people that can make you laugh, the people who you can be really honest with. And as I'm saying this, I'm saying this to both of you, right? Because you both might have different relationships with different people in your life that can play these roles for you specifically, whether like Strons, maybe that's a friend for you, right? Who you can like be really honest with about like what it feels like as you're transitioning into becoming a father. Um, Mm. Maybe there's those people who you know will um, really be organized and could organize a meal train so that people are dropping off meals. Um, And Mm -hmm. you know that this person's going to drop off a meal and they're not going to stay and linger when like you don't want them to stay and linger, you know, (laughs) like, um, or they will will because that's what you want, right? So it's identifying the different people in your life and what their roles can have and having that conversation with each other now. And because that conversation could also lead to being proactive about saying, hey, mom, I think that'd be really helpful if that first week it was just Strons and I um, while we're bonding or that first week I really think I want you here so that we can get sleep at night while I'm healing, right? Like Mm -hmm. you deciding together what you think based off the relationship and based off of what the two of you decide that you'd want um, and then communicating that. Because I think that what that conversation can also bring up sometimes is boundaries, right? And roles and expectations and for both of you, but also for what the support system is going to look like and doing that work before you're sleep deprived, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, kind of make, which, which can make communication a little rougher around the edges. I'm um, doing that, having that conversation up front together, um, just the two of you, if you can do that, or in the context of couples therapy, um, having someone else support that dialogue can be mm-hmm. so protective and so proactive. Yeah, those are great thoughts that Mm -hmm. we can certainly get more detailed conversations going. And then in terms of the the breastfeeding stuff, um, I think, Mallory, it's so helpful to actually talk to a lactation consultant um, in a former relationship with a lactation consultant beforehand, if that's something that um, is a resource that you're able to access Mm -hmm. and to have Strons be a part of that with you. um, Mm Just because you having that relationship ahead of time is helpful so that if you do end up needing support, you already know who to reach out to. Um, but also just because that that support ahead of time can be really helpful in terms of knowing what to expect. And um, that way when you're in the hospital, if you do have a lactation consultant that can, comes in and helps you, you already have some knowledge and that will help you ask questions and that will help you get the support that you need. Um, because, yeah, it's something that everybody feels like, well, it's natural. So it should just feel natural, right? And I know that for me, 
there was like nothing that felt natural about it at first. Um, and I think because I thought that it was just supposed to be natural, I would bring the baby to my breast, but I wasn't looking at her latch or I wasn't like taking her off to relatch so that we had a better latch because it's just supposed to be natural, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that led to um, like a lot of pain in breastfeeding um, and a lot of like cracks and bleeding and stuff that I just didn't know because I hadn't I hadn't gotten that support beforehand and I never actually seen a baby latch on and I just thought it was supposed to be natural. But when you think about it, it's something that, yeah, your body may start producing naturally after birth at some point, but it's something you've never done before and you're doing it, navigating it with someone who has no life experience, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and your baby's going to have natural instincts, but it's still a brand new thing. And so, um, I would definitely recommend seeking out lactation support um, before the baby's actually there, um, mm-hmm. which not everybody always thinks to do. Yeah, that's a really helpful thought. I would definitely look into that. Okay, so now this is something I'll oftentimes say to couples after I like just talk at them for a long time about all mm-hmm. these different things. Do you feel actually a little bit more overwhelmed at this point? Because <laughs> that might, that would be totally <laughs> normal. Because what I'm doing is I'm like naming all of these potential things, right? Um, and so what a lot of times people will feel is like, oh gosh, I, well now I have all of this other stuff I need to think about. Here's the thing is that you do not need to navigate this alone. Like you you deserve like a step-by-step sort of supportive like roadmap of like, okay, what are the conversations we could be having? What should we do first? What could we do next? I know for me, I love a checklist. Um, and even though there's so many things that you – that can that that it can go in so many different directions, right? Um, and the experiences can be so unique and varied. Um, but I'm going to send you guys uh, the prepared postpartum course that I have with Dr. Sterling. That way, you have you have sort of the like checklist, step by step roadmap where we'll support both of you in the conversations that you can be having with each other and the steps that you guys can be taking. Because yeah. yeah, it can feel like a lot, but you there there's absolutely ways that you can be preparing for no matter the direction that it takes, whether it's about birth or breastfeeding or bottle feeding or formula. There's there's definitely things that you can do to prepare that no matter what happens, you'll feel empowered and like, okay, we can do this together where we have the foundation of like we've taken these steps to prepare for these things. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We have looked at your course and been like, that is on our list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that looks amazing and so helpful. And like, even though like you're saying it's a little overwhelming because there's so much to do, like it also to have steps, like you're saying that checklist makes me feel like I'm, I can come back from that like flight response a little bit more and like actually take steps towards, um, I don't know if it's getting in control necessarily, but like having this healthy approach and awareness and plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's feeling empowered, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like we don't necessarily know, like, gosh, I mean, some people have the easiest births and then breastfeeding is really hard or breastfeeding is going really well. Um, but the baby is super colicky and, 
it's really hard to have a baby that's crying all the time. It, and that can be incredibly overwhelming. Um, and so um, in the course, Strons, there's actually a lesson that's just for partners. So like that's kind of where you'll want to start. And it'll kind of – like you're already enlisted, Strons. I get that feeling. But it will kind of enlist you even more in terms of – like this isn't going to just be for Mallory. Like this is also to support you when those feelings of helplessness come up or if you find yourself feeling like, okay, I'm navigating this new identity or, um, you know, gosh, as partners, everything feels different now because, you know, intimacies feels challenged while we're navigating um, this postpartum year. And it's mm-hmm. going to support you too in in holding space for your experience through all of this and kind of supporting you to both of you to get back to a place of feeling empowered and connected so that you can experience a present postpartum navigating whatever comes your way with feeling equipped and with the tools. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys. So where can people find the two of you? Because I know that while this is something that's brand new, couple relationships and navigating marriage is not something that's brand new to the two of you. You guys have a podcast. You guys have a ton of amazing resources that you offer um, for couples who are happy couples but wanting to navigate um, their relationship and, and argue better and communicate better and feel more connected. So where can people find the two of you? Yeah, thank you. Um, Instagram is a great place to start. Our username is just at Make Marriage Work. And that's what our podcast is called, too, Make Marriage Work. Um, and that's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I'm trying to think. Those are kind of the best ways to find us. And we have some other resources like some free downloads. And we're working on a course, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be coming out some point this year. Um And yeah, so find us on Instagram and send us a message and we're excited to connect with anyone. Mm, Well, I will definitely share links to all of that in the show notes. Mallory and Strons, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. This is one of the longest episodes I think that I've ever <laughs> recorded, but there's just there's so there's so much, and I know that we we just touched on a couple of different topics here, and um, you know, but I I really appreciate your guys's willingness to come on and. Um, be vulnerable in sharing some of the fears that both of you are, you know, that have and, and kind of bringing some of those things out of the shadow here just in this conversation with me. So I'm, I'm really grateful to both of you and excited to continue to support you guys um, and, and watch all of this unfold for you, welcoming your, your little guy into the world and into your family. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Cassidy. Thank you. This was super helpful and fun. Thank you. Hey there. Okay, as promised, I'm popping back in to talk to you, the listeners. Mallory and Strons shared some of their concerns and fears about birth and postpartum, including the birth itself and things being out of her control. Strons was worried about feeling helpless both during the pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, especially as it related to supporting his partner while she navigated breastfeeding. They both had some concerns about breastfeeding itself and about sleep deprivation. Okay, 
So what are some ways that you, if you resonate with any of those concerns yourself, how can you begin to start preparing? First and foremost, I think it's so important that if you are partnered, that you and your partner take time, like boundaried time, set aside time to talk about some of the things that you are worried about or concerned about as it relates to birth and postpartum. Feelings can be messy, right? And so it can be really easy to get caught up in the things that we feel like we can control, like the registry list and preparing the nursery. And yeah, there are totally things there that can be really important to get, and it can feel really nice to check those things off the list. And if you're looking for a list, I actually have one, the ultimate postpartum checklist, and I will be sure to share that in the show notes. But taking time to talk about what we're feeling, taking time to talk about our support system and boundaries and roles and expectations, that feels a little messier, trickier. So a lot of times we either put it off or we don't do it at all. In this episode, Strons talked about his feelings of helplessness or feeling helpless. And it was obvious that him and Mallory have talked about this before. Now, Mallory is a therapist and they have a whole platform where they talk about marriage and relationships. And so I imagine that they have already had these conversations. But even with all of that knowledge, there were still moments where, for instance, Strons noticed himself feeling like he wanted to problem solve um, because he's done the work to understand that sometimes he gets into solution mode and that's not always so helpful for him and Mallory. And he found himself wanting to suppress that. And together we were able to explore ways in which actually expressing that part of him could actually be supportive as they're navigating, um, supporting each other and making decisions together. And Hey, I'm a couples therapist and me and my partner have to go to couples therapy for us to figure out our own communication pitfalls and where we get stuck, because sometimes it's really helpful to have somebody outside of you support the two of you in shedding a light on some of those dynamics. And so I would recommend taking time, setting aside some time to talk about each of your concerns about the birth and postpartum and some um, topics that you might want to hit on just as some ideas would be the birth itself, um, what you're hoping for in terms of the role of your partner during birth, what it is that you think that you might need for both of you um, during birth, Um, talking about the support team and your provider. Do you feel really comfortable with your provider? Do you feel like bringing in somebody else like a doula might actually be really helpful for either of you? Maybe it'd be helpful for your partner to feel like that a doula is there that really has done this before, has been in a birth before, and I can just be my partner's partner. Um, I can just be supportive to them, or this will allow me to get some rest so that I can really show up postpartum. That's just one example. Another topic to discuss might be talking about both of your family systems and what are some expectations around boundaries or roles or ways in which you imagine that some of these different family members can show up as a support or what boundaries need to be set. 
together coming up with a plan for sleep and how the two of you want to navigate sleep deprivation and nighttime parenting roles and expectations after the baby is born, um, maybe for the first couple of weeks or while both of you are on leave and then what that will look like when one of you or both of you transition back to work. Together, you may want to make some plans as it relates to feeding baby. Maybe that looks like reaching out to a lactation consultant, like I mentioned in the episode, and having your partner join you, giving your partner a chance to ask the lactation consultant, what are ways in which I can be showing up to support my partner as well? Another topic that can sometimes be really helpful to discuss before your baby is born is identifying both of your needs as it relates to intimacy, connection, exploring what each of your love languages are, and what are some potential creative ways that you can speak each other's love languages after baby is born with the understanding that intimacy can be challenging after your baby is born. Libido can change, especially for the partner who is navigating being a food source and breastfeeding. It can also just be really hard when you're not getting a ton of sleep to communicate effectively, to find time to connect with each other. Talking about these things now before you are in the midst of postpartum in the thick of it can be really helpful and really important. Sometimes I suggest having this conversation just with each other. Just try it out. See if you guys can navigate this and feel like you're able to have productive dialogue. If it doesn't feel like it's productive and you feel like having a third party there to support you through these conversations could be helpful, then reaching out to a couple therapists can be a really great step. I always suggest asking around, um, getting a referral from someone you know can always be really great. Um, asking your providers or friends or family. And then Postpartum Support International has a great directory as well as psychologytoday.com. And then of course, I have Prepared Postpartum, which is a self-paced digital course for partners. So it's for both you and your partner with video lessons from me and a board certified OBGYN that's taking all of the research-based protective factors to support you in developing a plan to prepare for postpartum that includes everything from birth recovery to processing your birth to preparing your friendships and your partner relationship and your family, navigating identity changes and how to hold on to parts of your identity while also expanding to make room for this new role and this new identity. We cover some logistics like breastfeeding and bottle feeding, as well as things like the emotions of feeding. We walk you through ways that you can get restorative sleep, even if your baby is not sleeping through the night and activating your support system, even if you don't have a ton of people jumping up to help or people that live close by. We support you step-by-step step with video lessons in putting in place all of the protective factors that research points to as it relates to postpartum mood and anxiety disorders for both you and your partner. You can learn more about prepared postpartum at the link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you're like, but Cassidy, I'm already postpartum. I'm already in the thick of it then we have a course for you too called Flourish in the First Year. This one condenses everything that you need into just bite-sized pieces with captions so that you can be listening to these videos or tuning in, watching these videos while you're 
breastfeeding or during those late night feedings or while your little one is playing next to you. While prepared postpartum sets you up for a foundation of feeling empowered and equipped so that you can have the present loving postpartum experience that you hoped for, Flourish in the First Year is like that lifeline with lessons all about anxiety. There's an anxiety toolkit video lesson where I talk straight to you through developing a new relationship with your anxiety. There's also a mom guilt lesson to unhook you from that guilt spiral that we can so easily get caught up in. Dr. Sterling and I believe so deeply that parents deserve so much more as it relates to postpartum preparation and postpartum support, which is why we bridged our worlds. We took each other's hands, her as an OBGYN and me as a family therapist, we took each other's hands so that we could take your hand and support you through this experience from pregnancy to birth postpartum and beyond. This is probably by far the longest episode I've ever recorded, but I just really think it's an important one. I think it's really helpful and nice to listen to a real couple navigate some of these feelings. And I'm so glad that you tuned in. I'm so glad that you're here and I'm grateful to have you as a part of my holding space podcast community. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to hear when new episodes air. Looking for more support? I teamed up with a board-certified OBJN to bring you two e-courses for expecting and postpartum parents. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Thank you so much for inviting me into part of your day today. I'm so grateful, and I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.